0: hi i'm mary Ann paul america's lady of supernatural thrillers welcome to real ghost chatter if you'd like to know more about me go to maryannpoll.com and or authormasterminds.com forward slash mary dash ann dash paul I am really excited today because our guest is my friend and talented author Robin Bearfield, Alaska wilderness mystery author and the host of the podcast Murder and Mystery in the Last Frontier. You can listen to her podcasts at the following address: murder-in-the-last-frontier.blu B-R-R-Y dot net and find her books on authormasterminds.com forward slash Robin dash Barefield and her last name is spelled B-A-R-E-F-I-E-L-D okay Robin let's hear it I'm hard to wait to hear some of your stories I have kept up and read most all of your true crime newsletters So today I know you're gonna share a couple with us and I'm really looking forward to sharing that and then sharing the ghosts that have come from these murders. Are you ready? Let's go.
1: Neil McKay was an attorney in Anchorage, Alaska, who owned a very successful mortuary business. In 1965, his wife of 25 years divorced him, and a few years later, Neil married Muriel File. Muriel File was the daughter of a wealthy Anchorage couple who made their fortune in the Anchorage real estate market, and Muriel owned a successful travel agency near the Captain Cook Hotel in downtown Anchorage. Both McKay and Muriel had bad tempers and the two often clashed they had a very fiery relationship neil was a marine pilot and flight instructor during world war ii and he suffered severe injuries from a plane crash during the war he received back shoulder and head wounds during the crash and doctors had to place a steel plate in his skull because of these injuries neil endured chronic pain seizures and horrible headaches to ease his pain, he took powerful painkillers, and the narcotics fueled his temper, making it even worse. In 1973, Neil and Muriel had a son. The couple separated. Their temper tantrums and wild acted a daily court drama, but they accomplished little, and the judge finally barred both Muriel and Neil from the property settlement hear- hearings. In the final agreement, the judge awarded Muriel $757,000 plus $500 a month for Scotty's support. Neil McKay fumed over the divorce settlement, and Muriel's attempts to keep him away from Scotty infuriated him. Muriel tried to convince the judge to completely suspend Neal's visitation rights with Scotty, claiming Neal abused drugs and had an explosive temper. The Judge limited Neal's time with Scotty to one partial weekend a month, and this enraged McKay. He tried to have his visitation rights expanded, but Muriel fought him at every turn. On the afternoon of September thirtieth, nineteen seventy six, when Scotty was only three years old, Muriel File left her travel agency reportedly to retrieve a new coat from her car so she could show it to her co-workers. She unlocked her Volvo, reached inside, and died instantly when her car exploded. Explosive experts determined someone had placed a powerful charge underneath the hood of her car. Witnesses said the hood blasted 100 feet in the air and shockwaves shook the ground and shattered windows in the buildings near the parking lot. Police detectives quickly concluded the bomb was detonated by a remote device, suggesting someone with a detonator watched the car until Muriel got inside and then he pushed the button to ignite the bomb. It is terrifying to note that Muriel drove Scotty to a babysitter's house only 90 minutes before the explosion, and experts determined the device must have already been in the car at the time. Because of the animosity between Neil McKay and Muriel File, McKay became the immediate focus of the police investigation, but they could find nothing tying him to the murder. The Anchorage Police, the Alaska State Troopers, and the U.S. Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms all worked the case. Investigators sent pieces of Muriel's car to the FBI crime lab in Washington, D.C., But analysts found no useful evidence, and no arrests were ever made in the case. The murder of Muriel File remains an unsolved case to this day. There's much more to this story, including another murder, and I invite you to listen to it on my podcast. But Mary Ann and I aren't done talking about Muriel File. So for the rest of the story, I'll send you back to Mary Ann.
0: Thanks, Robin. I really appreciate that. That is a, a really interesting story. And every time I've read it, and I have a couple of times, and I lived in Anchorage about the time this happened, um, I just am astounded that they never found who killed her. Or never be a, excuse me, would better say, would weren't able to bring to justice the person who killed her. Um, but yes, the rest of the story is that Muriel File seems to be continue on to this day in Anchorage because it is purported that she haunts the Snow City Cafe in downtown Anchorage and it is believable after hearing Robin's account of her murder and the horrific way in which she died that she would still be here seeking justice. The Snow City Cafe was Muriel Files office space while she lived. She owned a travel agency as you heard and worked from the space although she wasn't in her office when she was blown to pieces She had left just for a minute to retrieve her coat, and she never returned. So it makes sense her ghost would go to that familiar place, trying to get back to work. It is believed that Muriel's ghost becomes upset if she is not acknowledged when the Snow City Cafe workers arrive late at night or early in the morning. She has been known to do things like turn on the water in the kitchen and flood the floors. There was also one report of a worker seeing a woman in the bathroom mirror the woman appeared to only have one side to her face. Now that would have left me with nightmares. Okay, Robin, <laughs> what do you say?
1: Yes, me
0: too. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's, yes, that's, that would definitely leave me with nightmares. And since, according to, um, the story Muriel had a bad temper so I can imagine her getting angry with people for not acknowledging her I it seems like it would fit with her personality so this this makes
0: sense it did to me too now you have another story that you were going to tell too right and um, this one is I do, a, a, I a little older uh, murder in Anchorage
1: right yes um, this is about the first police chief of Anchorage And um, so, okay, I'll go ahead and start. On November 23rd, 1920, residents voted to incorporate the self-governing city of Anchorage. On December 22nd, 1920, the newly formed Anchorage City Council voted unanimously to appoint Jack Sturgis as the city's first police chief. Sturgis took office on January 1st, 1921. He earned a whopping salary of $200 a month, and he represented the entire Anchorage Police Department. The department owned no vehicles at the time, so I imagine he did most of his um, policing on foot. Prostitution, gambling, alcohol, and drugs were all illegal in Anchorage in 1921 but many legitimate businesses provided fronts for these illicit activities and business owners were not eager to have a lawman snooping around asking questions. Sturgis told the press he noted little crime in Anchorage and he even joked he was hot on the trail of the despised thief who steals milk from babies, groceries from the storeroom and laundry from the hallways. Decades later, Historians would argue whether Sturgis did not notice the rampant crime under his nose or chose to look the other way. Some claim Sturgis was addicted to playing faro, a game like poker. It is also possible Sturgis did not want to undercut his own investigations by tipping his hand to the press. On the night of February 20th, 1921, he walked past the local butcher at 9 p.m. and they exchanged pleasantries. What happened over the next few minutes remains one of the biggest mysteries in the history of Anchorage. At 9.30 p.m., a night watchman discovered Sturgis lying in an alley behind the Anchorage Store and the Liberty Cafe, near the intersection of 4th Avenue and E Street. He was bleeding from a single gunshot wound um, to the chest. Most, some, some um, reports say the back, but um, the most reliable ones say to the chest. The watchman summoned help and several men carried Sturgis to the hospital. Sturgis kept mumbling about being cold and needing to be turned over. In the hospital, he complained about the bright lights, but when asked who shot him, he refused to respond. He died at 10.50 p.m. An autopsy determined Sturgis was shot with his own gun. When questioned, witnesses and nearby residents claimed they heard only one shot around 9.15 p.m. but the gun had two empty cartridges. There was no signs of a struggle and no evidence that anything was taken from Sturgis. No one saw anyone flee the scene and no signs of footprints were found in the freshly packed snow. Since there were no clues to an assailant, the coroner's inquest raised the possibility of suicide. On the day of the murder, Sturgis left his handcuffs, his billy club, money, and identification at home. And while he usually carried two guns, only the murder weapon was found at the scene. The second gun was never retrieved, several hours writing letters. Despite this information, though, the coroner ruled the death a murder. More than 40 years later, after the 1964 Alaska earthquake demolished several buildings in downtown Anchorage, police discovered a basement packed with moonshine equipment very near the site where Sturgis received his fatal wound. Was Sturgis murdered before he could break up a profitable moonshine operation? The murder of Chief Jack Sturgis remains Anchorage's first and oldest unsolved murder. But some think Sturgis is still on the case and trying to solve the mystery of who murdered him. I'll let
0: Mary tell you the rest of the story. I really like this story. It's got everything everybody needs for a good whodunit, except for finding who, who really did do it, right? <laughs> so, But I do love this because the Sturgis ghost has been definitely purported to be um, haunting in Anchorage. and. I guess I'll go into by saying hotels, many hotels, keep um, logs of the to track activity for productivity and finances and other important things. But not many hotels keep a ghost log to track paranormal activity on its premises. And the historic Anchorage Hotel has been doing it for many years. Um, this hotel originally was built in 1916, the current historic Anchorage Hotel, is the annex built on the original hotel, onto the original hotel. The annex was added in 1936. Obviously, the hotel has been around since the early stages of Anchorage. In the past, it was frequented by celebrities or dignitaries that happened to be passing through. Interestingly enough, the ghost stories associated with the hotel aren't about celebrities. Most haunted tales point back to one bloody incident, the one that Robin just talked about in 1921 that story revolves around anchorage's first police chief john blackjack sturgis as robbins told sturgis was shot with a bullet from his own gun it is still a mystery if he was shot in the back or in the chest however since it was rumored that sturgis committed suicide it is more likely he was shot in the chest sturgis died just a few steps away from this from this historic hotel It is rumored that his ghost returns to haunt the Hotel every February 20th at exactly 9.15 p.m. Many employees and local residents believe that his spirit has never left the area and continues to search for his murderer. The ghost of Sturgis is said to be working on a cold case that will never be solved. Now, what I find interesting, Robin, is the Anchorage Hotel is not just famous for his ghost. Um... But it's also famous for um, other ghosts and besides his there are reports of paranormal activity such as pictures flying from walls as if tossed by unseen hands and curtains moving and even apparitions of ghosts on the second floor have emerged another and perhaps the spookiest haunting at the historic anchorage hotel is said to be a woman scorned many years ago um, this woman was to be married at a, at the hotel and was humiliated when her husband-to-be never showed up for the wedding. Apparently, he had managed to gain a fortune in the gold rush and changed his mind. When um, her would-be husband never showed up, the woman was so overcome with grief and embarrassment that she hung herself in the hotel. Her ghost is said to wander the hotel in her wedding dress, still waiting for her groom to arrive other unrelated accounts of ghosts and paranormal happenings have been reported at the hotel causing people to wonder what exactly makes this historic anchorage hotel such a magnet for the undead if you are feeling brave you can always use the you can always go online and find it and book a room for a night and that would be the historic anchorage hotel um and see if you can have one of the spookiest experiences you've ever had um until then I would suggest that you just read online if you're not as brave as some of other people are and find out about the other ghost stories that are happening at this hotel.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd like to uh, book a room there. I think, uh, think that would be interesting we, when we go through Anchorage. Um, next time, maybe
0: I'll do that and I'll let you know what happens. Oh, I think that'd be a great idea. yeah that'd be wonderful then I could interview on that too and I think there's a couple of rooms which (laughs) I think there's a couple of rooms that are the hot spots I believe one of them was room 215 I will have to go look and make sure Um, but there were two rooms that people had talked about who had done some ghost hunting at the historic hotel um, that were the most active spots in it so of course you'd want to book those rooms Robin right
1: Yeah, I I wonder I wonder if those rooms cost more or cost less or
0: or there's no difference in charge. I don't know, but I I think it'd be a great question to ask when you call to book the room. (laughs) Is this gonna cost
1: you more or less? They say (laughs) they ask, Do you want a single or a double? I'll say I want the haunted room.
0: That's right. Don't care if it's a single or a double, just give me the haunted room. <laughs> we'll have to get you some equipment, you know, so you can do your little ghost hunting routine. Yes, 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 yes. Now, I have really, really, really enjoyed this talk with you today. And I really find, I, I really, um, mm-hmm. although I write, obviously, supernatural thrillers, I truly enjoy um, true crime because... My first love was mysteries, so of course I love your books, um, which I have read, and I I have been to Kodiak, where your books usually are placed, and I just love reliving being there. So to me, um, mysteries go right along with this supernatural thriller stuff. When people are killed and they have no justice, I guess they could stick around, you know, make sense in this world.
1: Yep. Yeah, it's it's surprising in Alaska how many um, ghost uh, reportings there are. It's it's a fairly young place, uh, but there's there are many many ghost stories come from southeastern Alaska, and of course Anchorage has has quite a few. So um, sure, it'll be it's it's an interesting place to think of a ghost. You wouldn't you'd usually think of a an older um, a more established city or town but but there's quite a few in anchorage so well thank you marianne for having me on your your show and i enjoy your books and i love your podcast so i'm thrilled that you had me for a guest
0: i am too and i thank you i do love your podcast too so um i will say just to end it all right now this concludes our podcast for today and many thanks for sharing your true crimes of jack sturgis and muriel file robin i really enjoy it and i love I really love hearing your narration. I shouldn't keep saying things like that, but I do. I just really, you keep me very interested when you're reading and when you're just telling the story. If you enjoyed this podcast, I do encourage you to share it with others you think would also be interested. And I really encourage you to also share Robin's podcast with others who would be interested. Um, Until next time, as my grandmama would have said, may the wind always be at your back, the sun on your face, And the good Lord take a liking to you. Thank you guys. Talk next time.